Hey, everybody. I'm Chris. Hey, I'm Bill. Have you ever asked yourself, what is your superpower? Everyone has a superpower. Most people just don't know what it is. We're going to help you uncover. This podcast is all about helping people figure out what their truly unique superpower is. Superpowers, what's yours? Welcome back to another edition of Superpowers here with my co-host, Bill Weiss. Hi, Bill. Hello. Bill's back. We're beginning to really enjoy the sound of this uh, microphone energy. Uh, Dear friend, uh, Felicity Conrad has joined us today. Hi, Felicity. Hi, team. How are you? We're here. We're talking superpowers. Um, (laughs) So new guest, um, Felicity, we always like to jump right in and start with sort of our, our, our classic and very thoughtful let, question. Um, let, let's also give Felicity the benefit of, so the, the, the purposes of this podcast is to find unique people who have found their passion, talk about, you know, where they've gone, how they got to where they are now. And then in the stories and in the background, we try to uncover what your unique superpower is. And your okay. superpower so may it's, not it's be, a game. It's a game. A little bit of a game. It's a little <laughs> bit right. of a game. But and a superpower isn't just what you're good at. It's something that just drives you, that's unique. And so. But but we but we but we uncover it yes. and we share it at the end. Now the reason so Felicity right now wants to say, like, Chris, why the fuck didn't you just say <laughs> what Bill said? That's yeah. what she wants to say, but she's gonna be too no, no. polite. I'm Canadian. And, I, I couldn't possibly and, say that. Uh, <laughs> that's where we're gonna jump in. So Bill actually did summarize it. I we we do like to uh we do like to lead into it, but at the end we will do our best to sort of uncover After it. peeling back that onion, yeah. we will find its core. Excellent. I, All right. I, I'm excited. All right. So let's sense. start with Canada. So let's start with Canada. Where are you from? <laughs> and, and tell us a little bit about, yeah, where, where you grew up and what your, what your sort of upbringing looks like and family and, and all that sort of stuff and any fun stories there, yeah. Yes. So um, I, I am Canadian, uh, at times a proud Canadian even. Uh, I grew up on Vancouver Island, which is um, a very kind of far away place, at least when you're sitting here in New York. Yep. And um, I'm often surprised because it's, it's quite a large island, but uh, a lot of people don't even know it exists. Sure. <laughs> um, so uh, Vancouver Island is off the coast of Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, I grew up in a really small town with uh, like a thousand people. Uh, there was a paper mill. I grew up wow. on the ocean, uh, had a little hobby farm pet chickens. Oh my God, I love this place. Sheep. Um, but I sounds have, like I've, Lord of the Rings or something like right pretty now. Pretty much. I, I, I was a hobbit, yes. I've <laughs> also seen pictures of Vancouver Island. Yeah. It's on my list mm. to yeah. go visit. Never been, but I really want to go. It's it's absolutely exquisite. Reno was right above that, right? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. So as you know, I was born in Finland and I uh, my summers were um, on the Finnish islands that are all just, there's actually a very close connection with Canada. I bet. Trees, water, nature. So I can p- completely sort of can picture this yeah. idyllic um, childhood. Yeah, yeah. It, it was an absolutely exquisite place to grow up. Um, I would say, though, that uh, for all it makes up, uh, for all it has in, in nature and bounty and trees, um, there weren't a lot of people. <laughs> um, yep. There wasn't a ton happening. And, and I was really insulated from that. I read a lot of books, but uh, I grew up with a pretty deep longing to um, to see the world, to, to know what's out there, to be a part of the conversation. What was fun? Um, you know, I'm sure it was like a lot of made up games. I'm going to assume that you probably have a higher level of creativity <laughs> than most. No iPads at the time. But what was, 
did you like kind of create your own version of kickball out there on Vancouver Island? Like what was going on? Uh, I, I like hung out in the woods. Yeah. Like pretty much I, I'd find random creatures. I did a lot of snorkeling. Uh, so a lot of different like, I don't know, like I'd find octopuses. Wow. Wow. Um, uh, who are weird, very intelligent dogs I, I don't know it, it was a weird time oh God, but, but an incredible time for yes. as a kid you can't really ask for, no. for anything better all right well clearly we can spend the entire podcast <laughs> yeah, I know, I on know. Vancouver right. Island okay. but so on. so as a as a young girl did you have any visions of what did you want to become when you got older uh no uh I knew that um I wanted to do something internationally uh but I mean, I thought that I maybe would be a physicist. Yep. I was really interested in kind of, uh, kind of the big problems out there, thinking about the big questions. Uh, but I didn't really have. I certainly didn't have any thoughts of being an entrepreneur. Right. Um, that actually, I, I somewhat famously said once in college. I went to McGill uh, that an entrepreneur is the last thing I would ever uh, do. <laughs> uh, did you Did you put that like in a yearbook, or did you like write that on a wall somewhere? Uh, yeah. I, I remember. <laughs> it's documented. It's fully documented. documented. Yeah. And we so, will get to that. We will by the way, people that. who say they want to be entrepreneurs are like the worst entrepreneurs. <laughs> or right? the, the ones that like over-index it on LinkedIn. Because and, you can't say, I want to be an entrepreneur. you got to find a passion right. and then pursue it either through a company, a startup, an existing right. company, or your own. Right. But like people who like say they want to be entrepreneurs, I feel like are the worst entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All so, right. So uh, any, any um, just one last sort of question around that period of time. Anything that you did from a career perspective or making money or, you know, was there any sort of, was there anything there, like some fun stories, whether it was working at a, the, that, that, you know, look, the local shop or whatnot, yeah. anything that, you, that, that, that could be interesting to share? Um, to help psychoanalyze for the Well, that's our, yes. that's uh, Felicity. This is our show and we'll get, we'll get to that. Don't, <laughs> don't come in here and start pushing us around with those elbows. All right. All right. Um, I, I trained, um, so I was born with feet that were kind of deformed. Uh, they were turned in and um, just kind of, yeah, mal-adapted. So I, I wore kind of the, like, uh, what's the movie with Tom Hanks? Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the visual yeah. I got. Yeah. Yeah. Run, Forrest, yes. run. Exactly, run. Forrest Gump-style yeah. shoes. Yeah. They were metal. I had to wear them on the wrong wow. feet. Wow. Uh, it, it was a whole thing. And so one of the things that my mom did to try to help me kind of have normal functioning feet was she put me into ballet when I was three years old to force yes. force the issue force turnout yep. so um, it turned out that I ended up being good at that um, and I ended up training to be a professional ballet dancer for pretty much my entire childhood uh, so really seriously I, I like lived away from home I um, I'm sorry, Felicity. This sounds like uh, the 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 point of the show where it sounds like overcoming yeah. A, uh, yeah. an obstacle. Yeah. Oh, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, holy crap! Wow. Uh, yeah, but so how do you go from like deformed feet to professional ballet? Yeah. By the way, professional ballet you have to have perfect feet. Yeah. Well, so there there is a slightly less happy end to the story. So my feet, <laughs> I kind of got over, but um, right about the point when I was uh, thinking about either. Um, joining a company um, and and pursuing it kind of after I graduated high school, I actually injured my back mm. uh, over training one summer with um, some folks from the Chinese National Ballet. Wow. Uh, it was hardcore. Um, so I, I was kind of left with this moment where the thing that I had spent a lot of time and energy investing in uh, no That's longer really seemed like an option. Right. right. 
Uh, so. and, 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 and happened pretty quickly. It's like when you hear, hear – Read those stories if you're, you know, watching Sports Center or whatnot. It's like you have like the the the, the downhill skier, or some kind of yeah. incident happens, well, and it takes yeah. them out, and it, yeah. So yeah, you, it's yeah. slightly less dramatic but than that. No, but, yes. but, you, but you know what? What's interesting is, you know, like that's a, a fork in the road. We all have fork in the roads, but to have a fork in the road that young, it yeah. can go one of two ways. Yeah, either you totally. get motivated to find the next ballet that takes you into adulthood, or you get a job. At the right. local grocery store, linger on it, and totally. you linger on it for the rest of your life. You push through. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not immediate, but yeah. uh, but eventually there. Okay, so, so now, now where, where are you um, at, at this time of your life? And yeah, yeah. So I ended up going to college, McGill, um, and that kind of. How did you end up there? Why did you pick McGill, or why did Mc, uh, you, vice versa? Why did they pick you? Um, so I I got a really good scholarship there. It's it's one of the best universities. Uh, and I thought Montreal was a really cool place, mm-hmm. but it also, like, it's a French-speaking place. I, I was interested in the world, um, and while I was I there— I thought all, all colleges in Canada are free. They're not? Uh, no, no. But comparatively— I've been, I've been saying that for years as if it that's, was true. That, that's, that's the Nordics. That's where this guy's from. Yeah. Really? That's uh, where education's okay. free. All right, we move and, on. And healthcare. We move yeah. on. Yeah, uh, but, like, comparatively, Canada's doing pretty well. Can you speak yes. French? Uh, yes, but I learned that later. Can we do the rest of the show in French and, and I'll Bill, just and I'll Bill just and leave. I, Bill and I will improvise the best uh, we can. Or yes, I'm sure. I'm sure everyone will love that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're at school. Um, what yeah. did you study at school? What was your experience uh, at school? So I I studied physics originally, and then um, realized that uh, I don't know. It seemed pretty detached. I I thought that I was into it, but. I, it didn't feel human enough to me. It didn't feel yeah. relevant. And frankly, I didn't know if I'd be smart enough to figure out what Einstein couldn't. Right. <laughs> like, right. sure, like, maybe I'm That's smart, a great way to put it. But, like, am I that smart? Let's right. be honest, right? right. right. Um, so I, I kind of I lingered on that for a minute. Um, but then I ended up doing this program where I spent a semester in East Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, like, super life-changing for me uh it was just one of those moments where you don't like i i had no idea what life would be like um for for other people around the world and and to have that kind of like visceral experience i spent six months i was camping i was doing research on uh implementation for the millennium development goal which is a mouthful um for primary education so like going around to different schools in Kenya and Uganda and Tanzania no, like all, aids or all kids all kids do this your age i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um so first of all i went there for my honeymoon for 2 weeks Whoa. uh Kenya East Africa i was in tears when yeah. i came back because it was such an like literally out of body where it was the first time and since then in 2006 I had this out of body where I was like, what is my purpose in life? I've never asked myself. I wasn't on any narcotics or I was like, what am I doing? And I just want to be back with the baby cheetahs. And how are those giraffes (laughs) doing? Like literally. So I can't imagine for six months that place out of all places on the planet. Hold on. So you you went there on like a study abroad program or? Uh, Yeah. McGill had a thing where you could do a semester. Yeah. But, you know, like uh, so my kids now are thinking about studying abroad, but they're like saying, yeah, I want to go to London and I want right. to go to, yeah. you know, yeah. Spain and Barcelona. Like what you chose, I Africa. the other option, yeah. <laughs> yeah, incredible. Yeah. And um, so, so, but you had mentioned earlier that you just, 
you know, you you were like, there's this greater world out there. Yeah, and the I world is know. huge. So you have this like because, curiosity. Because because of this small remote place that she grew up with. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's tackling it octopuses. All makes sense. So now you're coming out of you're you're now um, yeah. let's get into kind of the Well, she's the, no longer in, into physics. And Done. so so now right. what now what did you choose? Uh, well, so yeah, I had this kind of existential crisis. I, I had this somewhat earth-shattering experience where I realized that I'm an extraordinarily privileged person. Um, and I, I felt pretty deeply that it was my responsibility to give back, to, to try to be as kind of a net positive person as, as much as possible in my lifetime to try to like rebalance the scales. Yeah. Um, that's, that, a, that's a very, I mean, that's a very powerful and moving statement. And most people don't sort of think like that. No, 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 I mean, no, no. People think like that after they don't they've actually... made a ton of money and they're much older. But you right, had, I had you, no skills. But no, no but you had you had no. this. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know, no, I'm, I'm using this as a positive. Like you had the mental capacity to 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 understand that and what motivated you at a very young age. Right. Like so. so sure. It, yeah. Like I mean, you found your passion at like 20. Yeah, pretty lucky, I, I think. And so that that kind of mission statement for my life hasn't really changed. Wow. Um, which is. And so, what do your parents do? Uh, so my mother is a social worker. Okay. Um, my dad is, uh, he now refers to himself as an affable monk, but he, <laughs> he is a, uh, a, a sailor uh, intellectual, but he used to be an environmental lawyer. So, okay. I mean, I think some okay. of it's in right. the DNA, definitely. And, and okay. do you have siblings? I have a sister, yes. And what does she do? Uh, she is in communications at a company called Arteryx. She's uh, an incredible kind of mountain climber, uh, just athlete okay got it. I, I just I, I need to yeah you know, yeah yeah no. got it? the, the full, context yes. is there okay, I got it so now now, it. now we're getting into career yes. career mode which yes. is sounds like crisis at first you kind of right. know who you want to be before you grow up which is a gift by the way because most people don't have mm-hmm. that and right. now you do what uh try to get a job <laughs> <laughs> did you uh yeah so I, I worked for a little bit at the UN which was great I, I was able to intern uh, and then worked there for a couple of years, uh, and that was at the International Criminal Court. And that that tries heads of states for genocide, war crimes, crimes against humanity, and it really started to like compound this life purpose for me, where wow. the more I learned about what was happening, and um, I mean, that's an incredible thing, because one case there can change an entire country. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and millions of people, probably. Such scalable change um, using the tool of law, which which people wouldn't normally think of as like a scalable yeah. tool. Yeah. Uh, so I got really excited about that. Went to law school. Uh, Where'd you go to law school? NYU here. Nice. Um, and, and then um, it's this funny thing because law school's so expensive. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's, it's so expensive. I mean, like university, Canada's not free, <clears throat> but like it is really expensive here. And so most most people, I think, after grad school and certainly after law school, like they go into the private sector because you that's where you can make coin. you have to. Yeah. Um, and so I, I did and I did like a lot of my classmates. I, I, well, I got to pull back for a second. Ready. ready. So you're so you're uh, a law student in New York City, mm-hmm. which is very different from Vancouver, yes. very different from Canada. Yes. No, How was your first six months living in New York City? Um. It was it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, definitely a cultural shift, uh, but I liked it. Yeah. 
Uh, did you go crazy at all? Did you like have any, or you, you're, you're, you're balanced? You're... Yeah, I don't think I went crazy. Okay. Um, I definitely felt a little bit out of my, um, out of my like realm of comfort. Yep. Um, did anything about the city distract you from from your kind of your your sort of north star mission? And that's just a byproduct of like, let's go get dinner, and then we'll go to the West Village and no. come do a show. And so I, then you're like, I'm hungover. <laughs> she couldn't afford shows, right, right? Yeah, I mean, so if I were to graph my social skills on like a curve, they, they would it would be very recently kind of uh, yeah exponentially. So so what was this so conversation? I, I didn't have a ton of friends. In law, like okay. the, like when I moved to New York, I didn't know a lot of people. It was you're, pretty easy to focus. So you're so, introverted. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I'm definitely introverted. Yeah, yeah. Um, so but, so am I. Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> so this yeah, po- clearly. So no. this clearly. this podcast done on Vancouver Island, we would have been like it would have been like a four hour show trying to get yeah. a couple words out of you. Okay. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah, I, and and I think some of that is just like also finding your people right yeah. and, and having 100 finding places where you can have conversations that that are real and mean something yep um so okay as, so you're in yes. new york city you could have loads of distractions but you don't because right, you haven't found your people you have your north star got nothing to do you don't need to go crazy you you just want to you know study the books get your law degree yeah, and and I'm terrified because I, yeah. I mean I've heard because there's about, no octopuses running around New York City, right? And yeah. and like I'm a and little not, not girl. the ones you want to meet. <laughs> totally. No. Yeah, and, and I'm from like like Vancouver Island. I have no business going to like NYU, like one of the best law schools in the country. I have no idea if like I'm gonna fail or if I'm gonna learn everything. I'm terrified. Yeah. How many times? Like, how often did you call your parents? Uh, maybe. Once a week, once yeah. every couple weeks. Yeah. Yep. See, when when I went off to college, the first time I like talked to my parents was when I came back on Christmas break. Oof. You just went. You just went dark. Yeah. 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 I was like, I'm out and <laughs> about. You know. And then I and I came home with all my dirty clothes in a garbage bag. <laughs> And they oh, go, who no. are you and what's in the garbage bag? And I was like, it's my laundry because I haven't done it once. And how is my last four months of existence or whatever yeah. it is? That's yeah. It's, yeah. It's oh, terrible, wow. right? You're, By the way, I call my mom. I, I call or text my mom every day now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so I'm, make, I'm making up for lost time. Bill, same. <laughs> making uh, up for lost same, time. Same. Okay. All right. We move on. You're in law school. Yes. You have your North Star. What do you yes. do after law school? Uh, you get the corporate job because you got to yes. pay off the loans. That's what I do. Um, and are you miserable at this corporate job? I, I found it interesting. Like it's it's really um, you have to employ a lot of strategic thinking. It's sure. high stakes. You're like creating cases around billions of dollars, uh, and like I, I was I was the youngest in my class. I, I had no business doing any of these sorts of high stake things. Um, so I found that really exhilarating. But um, in terms of the passion piece, it, it definitely wasn't there. And so. Um, but I was able to do pro bono work at the law firm okay. that I was at. In fact, they encourage you to, and, and they help you sign up for cases. So, and do you get to pick what pro bono cases? Yeah. You get? Okay. Um, so I this took... may may or may not lead into what she's doing today. Just saying. Just saying. We'll see. All right. Well, uh, too soon to tell. <laughs> um, so I took on a case where I represented a, a man from Colombia. He'd been a local politician. Uh, and had kind of family, young kids, and the FARC, which was a, a narco-terrorist narco organization, came into his community and started ca- causing trouble, um, like real trouble. 
So he, because he had no choice, spoke out against them, trying to protect his community. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they came after him, and they tried to kill him. So after him is like like, like yeah. mob yes. style. Like, yes, like it, okay. the stuff you see on TV. Wow. Yes. Um, so he, he fled within Colombia, and they found him. Uh, and so eventually he felt he had no choice. He fled to the United States and sought refuge. Wow. Uh, Incredible. But when he came across my desk as a first-year litigator, uh, he was actually in the process of being deported. Mm. Couldn't afford a lawyer. Uh, and he, he's young children, and he, he thought that if he was being deported, which he was, he'd be killed. Yeah. Uh, so that's, Wow. That's serious stuff. Oh, my it's, God. It's, yeah, it's next level. So um, I, I took on his case um, with another uh, associate, and we – went to immigration court. I, I mean, like... You fought. We didn't really know what we were doing either, but compared to, like, we're lawyers. We have right. some of these skills, right? Yeah. Even if we don't know that we have them. Right. Um, and we represented him. We argued his case. And at the end, the, the judge granted him asylum. Oh. Uh, it, it's just this what incredible a, feeling. How, now, how wow. long ago was that? That was... Oh, time. Oh, man. Maybe, like... Six year, five years ago? Five, six yeah. years ago. Yeah. Are you, um, are you still in touch with him? Uh, I'm not in touch with him, but I have pro bono clients now that I... Yeah. I but you, you, at, the, at this stage of your life, you, yeah. you did more for somebody that you didn't know than most people would, would like to do in their entire lifetime. And I imagine that was, I mean, I'm beginning to see this sort of, this is, this is, this seems or may have been like the first big step in your, yeah. your kind of getting closer to what your purpose is. Well, totally. But the thing is, is it wasn't like you only know how good it feels to do that after you do it. Like it was, yeah. it was a total revelation to me, that feeling mm -hmm. like afterwards he took me out to McDonald's. And I mean, I was a vegetarian. I couldn't eat anything on the menu, <laughs> but he wanted to treat me to something That's because a... like that was all he could do. Wow. Um, and so he bought me some French fries. Yeah. Wow. And we sat down kind of like feeling this immense weight lifted, this joy. Like you can't, you can't put your finger on that. Like, right. You can't um, replicate that. So for me, I just got like almost addicted to that feeling. How can you help scale that feeling, right? And for the lawyers, but then also like how, how can you, there's so many people like my client out there, yeah. like 5.1 billion people lack access to justice and are just not served by the legal system. So I just started to get really excited about how we could replicate or how I could be a part of making this bigger. And this first this first encounter with with this individual was your first taste of what pro bono within the legal yeah. legal legal walls looked like and what it meant, correct? Yeah. Okay. So By the way, I I just want to take just stop for a moment and just I mean that's such a moving story <laughs> and and just such a beautiful you know, you, and it's funny because people think of like ever like how many lawyer jokes are there, right? Everyone yeah. loves oh to bash sure. lawyers, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but you know, like to take a step back and think that so many lawyers actually do a bunch of pro bono work, even like the bad lawyers, totally. Um, you know, yeah. and um, oh, this is yep. this is incredible. Yep. This is yeah. incredible. Yeah. No, honestly, like there's there's such a a rebranding that I think needs to happen of lawyers in the legal profession because often they don't talk about the things that they do. Yeah. Um, 
but there's so many incredible stories. And even like when family separation was happening, it was lawyers who were like sleeping over at the airports, right? Like yeah. they were on the front lines of making sure that people were being protected and, and continue to be at the border. Um, but yeah, for some reason, and I think, I think it's a combination of the office spaces that you guys work in <laughs> yeah. and your shitty carpets. And maybe if you <laughs> totally. throw some hoodies on and put jeans on or maybe there's a little bit of that. Like the, yeah. but, but, but I agree. There's, there's an opportunity. Okay. So you get this taste of pro bono right. and now you're, now you're, now you're, now you're accelerating. Now yep. Felicity is like, let's do this. Yeah. I'm and, excited. And, and, and I want to get to this transition into your, to your startup right. and, and, uh, which is a huge step for 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 anybody and a lot of our guests that Bill and I talked to about starting a company. So yeah. I want to get to, okay, Let's you got legal, it. you got yeah. pro bono, and now you're like, I'm going to go start a company. Well, there's a step before that, which was I was excited about the problem. I was excited about the opportunity to that was clearly available. Somebody needs to be focusing on this, and there's some people focusing on it, but but nowhere near a lot enough to kind of solve it yep so um i kind of looked around at the ecosystem but again being an entrepreneur like a founder of a company hadn't quite entered my mind yet i was lucky enough to have some folks in in the startup space and the innovation space who um just through watching them i i started to think that maybe it would be possible for me to do the same thing. And it wasn't from a positive space of like, oh yes, I can do this. It was from a place of like, why not me? Right. Because mm, there's literally that. no one. We've heard that before. So We've heard why it. not me? Um, and and some of it was the way I, I tend to make decisions is through a, like a regret minimization framework. Of course, I, um, I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't just, even know. Just, <laughs> Oh, okay. 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 Um, well, edit, edit that out. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so, yeah. Essentially, I knew that my 80-year-old self, or, or however old I, I get to live, uh, would regret me not going for it. Like she yes. would yell at me yes. to say, "What are you waiting yeah. for? You know, like life's short. Yes. Go for it." Um, and so, by and the way, by the way, can we just start? Can we just just for for that for for the millions of viewers, life's short. Go for it. Totally. No, but what, I mean, what, what'd you call it? The regret? What? Oh, minimization framework. I'm a nerd. The regret minimization framework. Minimization framework. All right. All right. Okay. Um, By the I way, want, I love that. I, I just want to say something that it's, um, I didn't know this part of the of the story, Felicity, but it's a, it's a total gift when you can apply passion and interest with actually building something. Because yeah. a lot of people... A lot of people may just have to be forced to approach it one way. It's like, yeah. I want to be, to Bill's point earlier, I want to be a founder. I want to be an entrepreneur because maybe sex or one. I was like, what do I build? Which is the right. worst thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other side, it's, this is my call and this is my passion. But maybe, A, I can't make any money from it. Or B, I have to do it within some other environment. So now this inflection point of like, holy shit, I can do what I love and what I'm put on this planet for and be yeah, the CEO yeah. like and who, who's, co-founder of my who's fucking luckier company. Than me. Okay. I'm but I, I actually tell yeah. I tell young people all the time, your goal in life is to find your passion. Mm-hmm. That's your goal. Okay. Um, do not be motivated by money. If you find your passion, you, you know, you're mm-hmm. gonna find riches that may come monetarily, it may come otherwise. Totally. Um, but that that is your so and clearly, you know, you found that your passion 
when you were 19 or 20. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're, so you're a risk-adverse lawyer who now quits her <laughs> corporate job and becomes an entrepreneur, which, by the way, is not in the DNA. No, no, no. That was that was a weird. That was a weird time. <laughs> so, 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 tell us about. Tell us. Just tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, um, honestly, I I think that. I think a skill that I try to have is resilience, and like, I don't know. I think in life sometimes you can choose to like hold on to like painful times and memories, or just like kind of forget about them. I don't really remember like what that time felt like or mm-hmm. freaking out about it. Yep. Um, I just kind mm. of got into this like survival, like sink or swim mode, and um, and I I tried to talk to as many people as possible, learn as much as possible. Smart. I just I knew that I was like I needed to just learn a lot in a huge amount of, or a short amount of time, mm-hmm. and that was my only job um, right. because. I had competencies on the subject matter, but I didn't have competencies in starting a company. Um, but then that's also where my co-founder <laughs> came in. So, yeah. like so, part so, of it, so now we're at this point in the journey yeah. where we're starting a company. Totally. It's, okay. It's happening. What is it? What is the company? Oh, right. <laughs> um, so the company is called Paladin, and we are- You started Peloton? Uh, yes. <laughs> wow. My, my... I just got a Peloton bike. <laughs> It's either that or Palantir, and I'm oh. like, no, it's, it's it's really not either. They're, of those. they're not they're not a, they're not a billion yet, Felicity. Okay, we're, right. we're tracking. Right. Yeah. It's not Peloton. She didn't yeah. start Peloton. No, she no, the justice much exercise. Greater. Something company. actually better with more purpose. Yes. please. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so we're we're a justice technology company. So there, you may not know what that is because no. there really aren't any. We're we're trying to create a new category, which is um, serving pretty much the bottom half of the legal. Uh, the legal industry. So, I mean, the current legal services right now, uh, they they cover people who, who can afford to pay. And yep. it's like over 200 bucks an hour for, on average, a lawyer in America. That doesn't work for most people. So we're focused on building tech products kind of to serve the really underserved sections of the population. And, and the, the primary product for that that we're starting out with is a pro bono platform. So we've built the first um, software. I see, see, what I see, what see what you did there. See what she did there. I see what you did there. See, amazing. Yeah. Thank you. So, Thank you. so, so, in terms of, so you got the head, the the torso, and the tail, right? If you will, in corporate talk. Um, so you are you are going after the underprivileged tail. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's but, I mean, probably the hardest thing to solve for. But this is all a huge tail. Yeah, huge like, tail. <laughs> like, this is bigger than the head and the body together. And like, most people, okay. when they start a company, it's like. It's this industry and this geography. Yeah. You know, you know, you you have the world's population. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As your, your yeah. oyster, yeah. if you will. Totally. Um, and so I think that makes it difficult to focus. But through through the kind of focus on a pro bono platform, um, we're able to kind of I think narrow narrow the like the section that we're working on. Yep. Um, even though it is a broad kind of swath. Can you give Give yeah. give the give the give the audience a sense of what does the what 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 does how many out like what's what are the insights of how many hours law firms are yeah. meant to give or uh, wh- how big is that sort of that TAM is that you're totally. looking at? Yeah, so I mean, lawyers in America um, that have a professional responsibility to do 50 hours a year of pro bono work. Mm-hmm. There's 1.3 million lawyers. Um, 
86% of low-income Americans never get the legal help they need. Um, and pro bono is a huge part of bridging that gap. So uh, last year in billable hours, like uh, the biggest law firms in the world, 4% of their time was spent on pro bono work. So yeah. it's it's a pretty big yeah. part of the, yeah. their kind of like legal Yeah, it's offerings. massive. So, so, yeah. Are, so are you building the platform that's going to connect people in need to – you know, to, to basically these really, really qualified lawyers, Yeah. you know, and by the way, $200 an hour, I think to, when I heard $200 right. an hour, like none of the lawyers no. that we hire at my company cost well, $200 because, an hour. Cause they're they a know, lot higher because they know you can afford it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I mean, the, you probably have great lawyers, yeah. um, but, but everyone deserves at least some access. 100%. Right. right. 100%. Uh, I forgot the question. No, so so you're so you're building a platform oh, to connect yes. the a software, the, you know, the yeah. the tail to great lawyers. Yeah, so it's it's a software uh, like kind of a SaaS enabled marketplace. So yep. uh, we work with legal service organizations. So like a, a one that everyone might know is obviously like the ACLU. Yep. So they they have clients um, and they might work with pro bono lawyers. So our our software works at the legal aid level. Opportunities flow through the system to like. Uh, law firms, Fortune 500 companies, their legal teams use us, law schools, and, and governments, so, and, and, um, who pays, and we help match Who them. pays for this service? Uh, the law firms, yep. the Fortune 500s. Great. Um, it's, it's efficiency software for them. We, yep. we save them money. We make their and and, and I'm sure there are lawyers like your younger self who, um, you know, wants to, has a passion on, you know, spending 4% of oh. their time on something. Huge, and now they can use this to, yeah. to mm -hmm. find those passions and help people. Yeah, it's a huge recruitment tool. It's a huge kind of uh, employee satisfaction tool. Um, it, I mean, doing good and, and doing well, like, they really are starting to become intertwined. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the big trends of the future. Um, businesses are investing in doing good because it helps drive their business it helps drive their workforce so so give us a sense now how long ago did you start i believe you guys are about four maybe four yeah, years four. old you've raised some money if yes. you can talk about you know yeah. what i don't know it may be people that invested clients that you work with just give us a sense of kind of what your company looks like today and, and where, yeah. is it, where is it going so, so i mean probably compared to some of the folks that you have on um like the last speaker, we're pre-exit, we're pre-raising boatloads of money. We're, we're kind <laughs> that's of more. On, that's more fun. Yeah, we're we're on the we're in the trenches. Uh, so we have raised a couple million dollars. Uh, our investors uh, span from like a Mark Cuban, who's been really supportive. We've had him on our show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah we who, like Mark. Who's that guy? Right, <laughs> yeah. he's good. He's good. Kidding, he was trying to promote you. some tequila. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, uh, investors like Backstage Capital, so uh, some investors focusing on diversity, things yep. like that. Uh, Harlem Capital, uh, some VC funds, Chack Ventures, uh, Hyde Park Ventures, uh, kind of a, a, a swath of... Um, how, is, how is that whole, like, because yeah. you can't go to school or learn... That you know how to start a company, how to create a culture, how to raise money. Like, yeah. how has that journey been? Uh, you, I mean, it's it's all about your growth mindset. Yeah. Um, I. You can't go in thinking you know anything because you're mm -hmm. gonna find out you're wrong, right? 100%. So you have to, to think in ways that hopefully are, are 
able to draw out the information that you need. Um, I mean, yeah, like we're all building the plane as we fly it. But like that's the same in life. Every- Nobody has lived this life before. Nobody yeah. knows what they're doing. There's no text- I'm not there's any no textbook. Different. There's no right. and there's no yeah. dress rehearsals there- in right. life. No. No. So I mean we're all kind of living this like wild experiment and, and I don't think I need to feel any kind of shame around that. You just want to collect it from By the way, now like now that you had the whole regrettable factor thing. Right. Like now I, I imagine like little like uh, like <laughs> your little old self. Totally. Like, like you as a grandmother <laughs> on your shoulder. Yeah. Being like yeah. Don't worry about raising money. Yeah. Right. You're gonna regret this. Yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I, and I know what she looks like now because of that face app thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Russian. I, like, I yes. know. Yeah. You're like, like, there she is. She's there. Yeah. What does what this, um, how, how um, if, if we were sitting on this uh, show like a couple of years from now or whatever, yeah. it could be two years, four or five years, the, the, just the, the biggest sort of ambitious thing that you want um, out of this business and your, and your dream and kind of taking all these sort of pieces of your life together – what does it look like? How many people are you touching? Um, any have you have you have you sort of been able to quantify what you want this to be when it gets really big? Um, it's or it's, big big really. What I'm saying is the purpose. Like the, yeah. The fact that it's purpose driven. How many people it impacts or totally. whatnot. I mean, we we want to move the needle. Uh, like we want to actually change the world, and we want to be able to measure that we've changed the world, which also doesn't really exist. Like That's the data around for. this doesn't exist. So. Um, that's that's something that we want to be able to put out there to show um, that like lawyers doing pro bono work that that us all helping actually does make a difference um, in people's lives and that um, by doing it scalably we're actually able to like maybe we can get that number from 5.1 billion people who lack access to justice to like three you know can we get it to two mm-hmm. can we together create a movement that gets it to one zero like we do need to have um, to have really ambitious goals here, kind of similar to climate change, because like these are real problems and they're real people. So I do think that ambition matters not just from a financial standpoint, but um, like otherwise, what are we all doing? And then right? outside of climate change, what are some of the other, I guess, topics that you feel your company can impact? Um, I, I mean. So all sorts of problems. We, we have a huge uh, refugee crisis globally right now, um, an immigration crisis in the United States. People need a lot of help. Uh, there's housing issues. People are in housing court alone. They have discriminatory landlords. They have mold. They have no hot water, yep. uh, domestic violence. There's animal uh, animal rights cases, which are super cool, yeah. like same-sex marriage, LGBTQ criminal justice reform, which is having a huge moment right now sure. and, and we're really excited about. It. I mean, these are all issues that affect every facet of somebody's life. If they've got a legal issue, they pretty much can't live the rest of their life. Like, it, it puts it on hold. It's kind of a veto card in, in most people's kind of daily so, lives. So I am fascinated with yeah, people who create companies that are trying to do good in the world, right? Um, I feel like you know, being an entrepreneur and being an entrepreneur who starts something to make the world a better place, mm-hmm. um, sometimes the two are at odds, right? Yeah. You, you need to have, you have investors who have expectations of return on their investment. Um, you know, so they may measure your success on how viable is your software, totally. how profitable is it. 
what like so how do you balance those two right because I, you know, when I hear you, it, you know, it's not about, hey, I, I'm going to grow the revenue from a startup to yeah. $100 million and we're going to make this an EBITDA. Yeah. You're talking about, you know, billions of lives that you that you make better and affect. Yeah. And so how do you how do you manage those two? Yeah, I, I would resist the word balance. Um, I don't think they are two separate things that you ought to balance. And I feel pretty strongly that. Um, that hopefully the future of a lot of companies is about using them together to amplify it and, and making them just totally inextricably linked. So yep. um, you can't influence and, and help however many people if you don't have a sustainable, big, scalable business. Like, you can't. Right, right. Um, and, and so we're, I think, one of the first or the first uh, public benefit corporation in legal tech, mm-hmm. um, one of the first B Corps. Uh, there's... There's so much room for amplification, I think, and bridging of um, like the big problems of the world. I think have historically been solved by nonprofits or have been considered to be the domains of nonprofits. Yep. Uh, but I don't think that needs to be true. There are other tools in our toolkit that will work. Um, great. So I just say uh, what's it, what's great is there the, the not only is it purpose driven, but the fact that you can sort of the, the dependency on venture and growth to actually make this thing happen is also still required, but that's also totally. a good thing. And they're not mutually exclusive. And, well, and, 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 you know, I mean, Chris, you invest in a lot of companies, as do I. You know, it's funny because, you know, when you invest in companies that are trying to do good for the world, you know, it's almost like you go into those investments not expecting a huge return. Yeah. Like, you want a return. Yeah. But your your you know your tolerance is much higher to yeah. like be like hey if I if I do a one x if I do a two x or three x here I don't need a thirty x here mm-hmm. right yeah um do, 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 are you investors of that same mindset sort of I do think that so the data bears out that like impact companies like in quotes um, don't perform worse they perform on par or better and that's a bit hmm. of like a I think a an opportunity for a conversation and education hmm. um, because it, sometimes people do have those concerns. And in fact, I know a lot of impact companies that would not call themselves an impact company because they're, they're afraid too. of yeah. that preconception. Right. Wow. Um, so I, I don't, I think it's important to label yourself an impact company if that's what, if that's what you're what you trying are. to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, was, um, right. But, but I, I don't think that that should mean that you're not trying to, to grow in, in the same kind of way as as other companies. All right, and so we're running we're running yep. low on time here. So, um, we, I, I I'm not sure you got to the question uh, and the answer for Chris is where do you think oh. this company is in five or ten years? Oh, um, so the company will have if you put your globally. little grandma self on your shoulder. Yes, and what is like- she telling you? You have to get to, in and 10 if there years. was a comp for like the the event bright for, if there's yeah. you know another sort of connotation or example yeah. based on what you're doing in legal, that, that's another way of yeah. sort of framing it. I mean, I think we'll we'll hopefully be a global company. Um, we will have thousands of cases running through the system, affecting a lot of people, um, and I I think we'll have succeeded in creating a new category, which is justice yeah. tech. Have a generation of companies coming up behind us. Um, to work on kind of related issues. Mm. We'll have proven that the model works, that this is an area ripe for innovation uh, and success. 
and we can all give ourselves a little pat Amazing. on the back before moving forward onto the next challenge. Have you right? heard the term justice tech I, before I, I, today? I mean, incredible. And the other incredible. thing. I, the other well, thing how, how many hours a week do you think you work? Oof, uh, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, you don't even like it's. It'd be a scary number, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you're always working. The other thing I just learned in in listening, you sort of summarize that um, is the you becoming and and the opportunity and responsibility of being somewhat of an icebreaker in this category, mm. and what that actually may mean for uh, entrepreneurs and founders totally. in this category. I mean, like it is truly the first time from a legal perspective that I'm like, ah, like yeah. there's something there because no, you're right. No one talks about it. It's sort of this like. To Bill's point earlier, car insurance or, you know, investment yeah. banker and attorney, there's there's definitely a there there to uplift this. And I do think yeah. I don't know through marketing or or fun videos. I do know a company um, that that, <laughs> that likes to create original content oh, do you? on behalf of startups. Oh amazing. So we could talk to you about them. Fantastic. But um but um anyway, so let, let's kind of summarize this. So first of all, Felicity, so amazing yes. to have you and hear this story. And I think s- there's going to be a, there will be people that will listen to this and have I believe will have a level of motivation and oh, interest around this space. I, I, I got to tell you the <clears throat> I got to tell you the the one thing this podcast has 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 made me believe uh, or like has instilled upon me is I actually thought I was a pretty good nice guy and pretty successful <laughs> until we started this yeah, freaking podcast. I know, and I know. now I feel so insignificant. I know. I know. I'm gonna hug my kids tonight and be like, just tell, say that Dad's a good person. Um, <laughs> so oh, this but is, you're I mean, both amazing. So, no, so, congr- so. congratulations. I mean, this is such a wonderful story. I actually think we're gonna have more comments on this podcast than any other podcast. Hundred percent. And and because I think people are gonna feel your passion, mm-hmm. and people are gonna be. You know, like this is a new category and a new category that has so much interest. And and by the way, just imagine there's a whole bunch of other people that can connect in here, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, hey, I have a I have a software that funds companies. Like, I'd love to connect that into your software. Like, I I I foresee this being much greater than what you said. Or the or the individual that's having a real problem or crisis that actually didn't. so listen, from the uh, I'll do my best here. Go the, ahead. Yeah, uh, summary. So because now we're at the point in which oh, we're going to name yeah. your oh, superpower. The I'm yeah. ready. Yes. I'm yes. ready. So so from 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 the from from the uh, from Vancouver. So the small islands of of Canada yes. to octopus hunting, which o- the octopus thing is going to yeah. just remain with me. <laughs> you know, small small town, small island girl, but always recognizing sort of this this larger ambition and potential you have uh, in you. We I could kind of summarize the career, but if there's one sort of one word that comes to me, which I doubt I'm going to say for other founders, is you have a, uh, your superpower is empathy. Mm-hmm. I think you have a gift in understanding and uh, thinking about others, which is a very rare gift. I think we all hope to be more like that. But I think having empathy for others is what's allowed you to get to this stage. I mean, that's, I mean, it's a decent, decent <laughs> shot. Bad, decent bad. shot. So... Um, is something you said about when you were, um, you know, an eighteen or nineteen year old college student um, in Africa, where it was you found you almost found your north star. I, you, you know, I, I'm not as eloquent as either of you, but I, I would say one of the things you realize is there's this social equilibrium, mm-hmm. and and the for the world to work not just today but a thousand years from mm-hmm. today. There, there needs to be that social equilibrium where um, it balances. Balance. And, yeah. and I think, 
you know, if if you went into corporate law and just stayed there, like the, all of a sudden the balance mm -hmm. isn't equal, right? And then you jump to the other side and you're you're applying your law degree to good in this world. I actually think you have a sense of that social equilibrium and what you yourself, what impact you can have is so far greater than than just one person. And I and I actually think that's your life's mission is making sure that social equilibrium is there so that we can we continue on. Is and, it equilibrium? Is it balance? It's I, I don't I don't know, but yeah. I, or like, a combination of both. Yeah, I, I, like I, I can't pick the words, yeah. but it's this. It's like you have this understanding of what, and and you know you and you can pick any one topic, right? Um, climate change, obviously, a huge one right now. But it's like, you know, it, like if the U.S. does a whole bunch of shit for climate change, it doesn't matter if the world, the rest of the world yeah. doesn't, right? That equilibrium matters. So I I just think you are the champion for that social equilibrium and what we need to maintain ourselves and not just our, not just the top percent or the one tenth of 1% or even the yeah. top 50%. It's like a hundred percent of the world's peoples. So um, my, resp oh. my response to that, <laughs> yeah, have, we, have is... you, have you said the name of your company yet for our viewers? Have well, we, no, have it's we said Peloton. They, they're yeah. going to think can, it's Peloton. Can, can you just say it again? Yeah. Uh, so it's called Paladin and Paladin uh, and where it came, where it's derived from, right? Yeah, so it, it's it's an old word, and I'm a nerd. Um, so it, it comes from Charlemagne. So Charlemagne had these knights of his court uh, that were called paladins, and that the name kind of stuck in over history. It's it's meant um, to be a champion for a cause. Uh, so that's that's kind of the purpose of of the company. But yeah, it's also yeah, I think. God, this is so feel good. Um, I feel so hurt. Uh, yeah, it's it's my life's mission. Is yeah. uh, I, I wrote down my mission statement maybe a couple of years ago, and it's it's to make the world a more just place. A more just uh, place. So that's nailed it. Let's, you guys are let, amazing. Let's end there, Felicity Conrad. Thank you so much for joining. This is amazing. Powers. Thank you. Superpowers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.